You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies and actors. Words. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie and this episode is hosted by Ryan. In this week's episode, we present to you two fantastic segments. Our first segment features director Jonathan Levine, and our second segment features Candace, the six-figure spa chick Holyfield. Jonathan Levine's most recent film long shot starred Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron, which made its debut at South by Southwest in 2019, and it won the Audience Award. But most recently, Jonathan Levine is the director of the Hulu series, Nine Perfect Strangers, based on the New York Times best-selling book by author Leanne Moriarty, it takes place at a boutique health and wellness resort that promises healing and transformation as nine stressed city dwellers try to get on a path to a better way of living. In our second segment, we welcome Candace, the six-figure spa chick, Holyfield. Candace Holyfield Parker started her journey with very humble beginnings. As a single mother from Memphis, Tennessee, Candace had big dreams to elevate her family from government assistance to a life of freedom and wealth. Candace studied massage therapy, opened her first spa, and within her first few years, she became known as the massage therapist to the stars. She began to learn the nuances of business and branding and she quickly built her six-figure spa business with multiple locations across the country. Candace was able to learn her first $300,000 by using Groupon successfully. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Welcome to the Black Girl Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And have you been feeling lately like you need a break? Or maybe you're not on the right path, you know, to where you want to go. So what if you were offered the solution of going to a wellness retreat for 10 days with nine strangers? I don't know. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. But my guest today might tell us the answer. I'm talking about Jonathan Levine. He is the director of Nine Perfect Strangers on Hulu right now by the time you guys check this out. How you doing, Jonathan? I'm good. I'm good. I, I, that's a lot of pressure though. I'm not sure I can give you the answer to, uh, <laughs> to, to too much, yeah. I queued up too much pressure at the top. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Look, hopefully, well, hopefully this next question is not too much pressure. I want to ask you, how did you get started in, in directing? Like what's your beginning story for everybody out there thinking like, Oh, I can't do this right now. And everything that's going on. What was your, what was your start story? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I always was really interested in, um, film and 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 visual language and I would find myself kind of walking around creating a soundtrack to whatever you know with with my Walkman headphones on creating a soundtrack to whatever visuals I saw in front of me and so 
I always was thinking in that sort of filmmaker's point of view. Um, and then I was young and I was like, I, you know, I would make little videos with my friends. One of my friends had a camcorder. And then I started doing it in school. I mean, I actually really just at every level just kept trying to do it and kept trying to get better. Um, and then I went to college and I made movies. I went to film school, I made movies. Um, and then right after film school, I got very lucky that I was able to get financing for this, this movie that um, was a little horror movie that my friends were making in film school. Um, so basically I just really kind of climbed the ladder um, of filmmaking, which is weird because there's not really a ladder to climb, you know, <laughs> but I, I did my best and I, and I, and I kept pushing and, uh, and now I think it's probably really cool because people have their phones. I mean, my son is, is almost six and he's making movies on his iPad. So yeah, really yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, um, and two real quick, I want to ask you about a past project and then we're going to get into non-perfect strangers. This is yeah, what sure. people really want to know about. Um, warm bodies. I want to ask you about as a director, I'm just trying to get in the head of how do you, how do you get the actors to like, I guess if they're, if they're half zombie, half human, what is that like directing that where you, where you have that fine line? Cause it's, by the way, this is the only zombie movie I can watch, by the way, <laughs> zombies are, no, are usually not my friend. Well, like I made, or I, I asked Nick Holt and Rob Corddry to do this, like sort of movement class with, we were shooting in Montreal. We had, we had a, uh, consultant who worked with Cirque du Soleil. So I had them do these movement classes. Um, and thankfully they were willing to do it because it kind of, if you would look at it, it looks ridiculous. It's just them mm-hmm. moving around and getting into their bodies. And and I don't know with anything like that. I mean, it's a little bit like with the show, it's like you try different levels of stuff and whatever you end up leaving in editorially is what kind of dictates the tone or the level that you're working with. Um, so there were versions of those zombies that were too intense. There were versions of those zombies that were too silly, you know, and we just kind of crafted it um, in the editing room. And also, you know, Nick was so great. So that that was really helpful. Yeah, you and Nicholas Holt did a fantastic job. Like I said, that is the only time I can sit through zombies and you guys did a really good job. It has to be the characters for me. It has to be the characters. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, All right, it's so, fun. Um, yeah, yeah, so speaking of now, speaking of fun now and characters, non perfect strangers is you guys will be thinking about these characters like you go on a break, you're at the water, water cooler with your employees, you just will be thinking like what is going on and so many phenomenal actors. So, uh, Jonathan, tell us like what drew you to the project and had you read the book and was it important for you to to match the book or was there a lot of things you wanted to change up about some of the characters? Well, so for me, it was, you know, I, I, I got to the project um, when I read David's first script, David Kelly, um, and it was beautiful. I didn't, I, I knew it was from a book and I knew it was from the same author as Big Little Lies, but I didn't know much beyond that. But I just fell in love with these characters immediately and the world. Um, and then I read the book and I fell even more in love with them. There are lots of twists and turns in the show and there are in the book. And so it was very important to me to like, that I really enjoyed those twists and those turns. And, and, but for me the whole time, as I was reading it, I was just riveted by these beautiful characters. Um, so I, I was all in from the moment I read David's script and just the promise of this team and Nicole Kidman and Melissa McCarthy and, and David Kelly. And, um, and, then I, and then once I read the book, I was even more excited to do it. Yeah, and speaking too of Nicole Kidman here, just that level, of, and even like Melissa McCarthy, those scenes that they have together are so intense. 
yeah. you get in some of these these first episodes what is that and you're dealing with such um like mental health and you know and suicide how was that on set and and how was it getting those actresses to that place you know where it's, it's comfortable on set to talk about it and getting the you know the scene what you wanted out of the scene yeah well i, I mean i try to keep a very collaborative spirit on set um certainly melissa and nicole were producers as well so when we would, you know, we would have very long conversations about their characters and, and the tone of the piece and, and their motivations and their backstories. Um, and we would craft them together. I mean, you know, we shot in Australia and um, in the weeks leading up to it, every actor was quarantining because of COVID. So I would have long Zooms with each and every actor and we would sort of create their backstories. We would talk about, um, you know, our aspirations. We would talk about um, tonal references. We would talk about lines of dialogue that we didn't think worked or dialogue pitches that, that worked better than others. Um, and, you know, with, with the, with the plotline, um, uh, the Marconi plotline, which, which, which delves into very intense, um, territory with, with, with suicide survivors and, and, and very significant mental health issues. Um, that was something we felt a great responsibility to. Um, that was something I talked to Michael and Asher and Grace um, at length about. Um, you know, it's a very interesting show because that stuff coexists with things that are a little lighter. That stuff coexists with, um, you know, a, a budding romance between Melissa right. and Baba Kanibali. You know, so it's, it's, a, it's a very tricky tonal balance, but with that plot line especially, we wanted to be very respectful um, of the journeys of, of people we knew um, who had been through this with loved ones. Um, and we really wanted to make sure that we handled it in a very respectful, responsible manner um, and that it never pushed too far into melodrama, but felt very grounded. Um, and I really, you know, I really um, took a lot of uh, pride in that, in that responsibility. And we, and we all did, take, uh, we took a lot of time to discuss what we wanted out of that. Yeah, it's amazing that you guys use Zoom to do this. I mean, it, that's incredible. Like the, the link, you know, like just to be able to describe some of that stuff through Zoom, because you know it's not that personal connection that I know you guys are probably used to or you're used to on a set. It wasn't just Zoom though, because you know, then then once everyone got out, you know, I would talk at length before a scene. If a scene wasn't where I wanted it to be, I would stop everything and just talk through the scene and and start over from the beginning. So um, I liked that kind of freedom. Um, to be able to talk about what we wanted, to be able to talk about where our characters were coming from, and if something wasn't working, to be able to rethink it. And I know you can't give like too much too much away about this character, yeah. but for Mesa, what are we? What was your vision of her, or what are like two words you used to describe her? For Nicole's character? Yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, I mean, because those would... close ups hit me every time. Every time uh, I'm like, so it's like got your mind spinning. Like, who is she? What is she? What is the story? Well, I would say she's very enigmatic. Um, she's very hard to read. I would say that she's also kind of just intense and wild. I mean, what I love about it is Nicole was so brave with that performance. She's willing to push it into just like crazy places. Um, and you never do quite know what Masha is up to up until the last couple episodes. Um, so I, I just think she's such an interesting character and such a, you know, it, Nicole's making a lot of big choices with that character and having a lot of fun with that character. And I, I really would have fun watching her do it too. 
Yeah. Um, and speaking too of just like the, the the different characters and seeing these actors and actors just like totally flip, maybe what we're used to seeing them in TV shows and movies. Yeah. What was the biggest challenge for you as a director to kind of pull them out? You know, was it more of the setting you would have them in? Was it like you said, some of these Zoom and off and, you know, on set conversations? Well, I think that, you know, with a lot of these actors, you know, Melissa is known for comedy, but she's been nominated for an Oscar for a dramatic role. So it's like everyone, right, right. everyone we cast kind of is capable of everything. I mean, we had just this incredible group of versatile actors. So I think it's, and, and, and you know, I, I think when you're on set also, there is a, a levity to a lot of what we're doing where I wouldn't want them to not try to go for a joke. I mean, you have Melissa McCarthy on set in a funny situation, she yeah. has the opportunity to make up dialogue. Um, However, it's really in the editing room where you craft that. And it's really about not letting, you know, not going for the low hanging fruit of certain jokes or, um, or, you know, when finding performances that are both funny and grounded at the same time, selecting a take um, that might be a little weirder or more idiosyncratic than a previous take. Um, so it's all that stuff is um, stuff that's crafted in the editing room. And on set, I really just like to give myself a lot of options. And two, as we kind of wrap here, I want to ask you this last question and um, I'll edit this out, Jonathan, just let me know if you're okay. comfortable by the time this airs, um, it'll be like three episodes out. So I wanted to ask you about a scene if that's, if that's okay with you. And when okay, yeah, you sure. going, okay. Um, I wanted to ask you about the scene where they're having to dig their own graves, essentially, and yes, kind of reflect yes. on their lives and everything. What was it like shooting that? And, and was it, was it ever like too real at moments? Well, it was interesting. Yeah. I mean, I immediately, once we got to that set, I immediately lay in the grave just to like see what it felt like and what it would feel like for them. Um, and, uh, and it was, it was interesting, you know, it, it as an exercise, we, we had done a lot of research um, in the pre-production phase about kind of odd wellness uh, practices, you know, um, and some of them can seem really weird and some of them can seem really silly, but this one, I found pretty moving to lie in my own grave, you know? It wasn't as scary as I thought it would be, but it was a, a very profound. And so I think that, you know, I, I, I really like that scene because I think that when you think about what it would be like to take stock of your life, and when you think about all the things um, that you go through in your life that, 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 are, that you think are so important in the moment, you know? And right, when, absolutely. At, the end, at the end of your life, when you take stock of them, how much time did you waste on something that really didn't matter that much. I think it's really profound and, and, and really moving. Um, we, we also use it to be a little weird and scary. Um, and it's certainly that, but I think that um, more than any of Masha's exercises, I think for me, that one um, would, would felt really um, impactful. Yeah, yeah, it'll definitely have you thinking. And you guys definitely check this out on Hulu right now. Nine Perfect Strangers, go check it out. It'll have you wanting to have conversations, reflect on life, think about your different paths. So yeah, it's cool. We're in that time period. You got to reflect on a lot of things. And Jonathan, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. It's really nice talking to you. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the Black Girl Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And could you use a spa day right now? I know I could. Like some wine, kick back, and relax. But you know, that's just one side of the spa biz that we know. You know, what if you could create that relaxing experience for people or own your own spa? You might need the six-figure spa chick. But you're in luck, right? Because my guest today is the six-figure spa chick, Candice Holyfield. How you doing, Candice? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. 
Look, we like to have any successful black women on the show just to get the like the breakdown and just tell us how it is, especially in the spy game. Like I hadn't even thought to explore this at all. Mm. But um, I want to start first by asking you, why even study massage therapy? What was that? What was about that for you? Um, I actually was trying to study nursing. And when I went to the technical college, they told me about massage. They said it's the only program we got where you can have your own business the next day after you graduate. And I was like, let me give it a try. And plus, I was a waitress before. So the nursing program took years. I'm like, I need some money today. So that's <laughs> how I end up even going into massage. But I wasn't thinking about that in the beginning. Now, I'm just I'm just curious about, and I don't know if people maybe want to get into it. What are some of the classes? Like, how do you even get to prepare to, like, take some of that kind of stuff? So the massage program, back when I took it, it was uh, like $15,000 for the program. It's a year long. And we learn everything from diseases, the skin, the bones, the muscles. Um, and of course, we learn the technique as well. Uh, so I know a lot about the body. I got a degree in <laughs> science too. Um, but they talk a lot about the body and the muscles and the anatomy. So you learn all of that in addition to theory and the skill set part when you go to massage school. Yeah, and you don't even think about some of that stuff too. Um, because I want to kind of get like that kind of segue into underrepresentation and and you being a black woman in this field. Um, and you just think about going to the spa every day, some stuff you don't you forget. You know, there's certain stuff you can't put on melanin skin when you got a lot of melanin in your skin, you know. So what is some of that kind of what has that been like for you to be able to kind of shine some light on that? And then just also, you know, how are there like are there more black women trying to get in, in the spa into the spa business? No, that's a good question. I also want to make sure everybody know that um. So even when you go to school for massage, we're, we're on the, uh, the health board, like nurses and doctors. Like when you go take your test, you're in there with doctors and you're in there with nurses. Um, so we get hold to a certain standard. We have to have insurance. Um, our license can get taken away from us, just like a nurse or a doctor. Um, and we have to know how to, like a, a client comes in and they have a bump or a lump. Like we have to say something. If a client comes in, um, let's say somebody got um, rosacea or uh eczema we have to say something so we have to know about we learned about skin diseases all type of things if a client is pregnant it's certain areas of their body we can't touch because we can make them go into labor um so it's a lot of technical parts and wow. then I definitely yeah. the second part of your question that was also a good question I'm glad we're talking about it to this day 2021 um African Americans are not even highly represented still to this day uh in the spa community so that's why I'm so excited wow. to be six figure spa chick so I can bring a lot of more recognition to these amazing black spot owners that are all around the world um, who are doing amazing things because it's still not a big deal in, in the um, African-American world. But, you know, platforms like this and we get to speak and talk about it. But people can know, hey, you should be getting massages or you should be getting facials like it should be a part of your regular uh, wellness journey every single month. Of course, depending on your stress levels and, you know, your other needs as well. Yeah, because it's hard for us like women to just step away, right? And be like, okay, well, we need this week or we need a couple of days for that kind of stuff. But what's been the most difficult part, I guess, from you for you being able to like I'm learning so much right now about that I didn't even think about as far as like the spa industry. What's been the most challenging part for you? Um, I would say my mo two the two most challenging parts um when you are a massage therapist, um, that's associated with happy endings. Um, so I know for me just trying to go get a building to because before I was only doing massage. I wasn't doing the teeth whitening. Now I have a medical spot where we do Botox, but I didn't have that in the beginning. Um, so my biggest challenge was even somebody giving me a key to a building because 
it was just associated with happy ending. So that was my number one biggest challenge. And then my number two biggest challenge um, is just a recognition like, hey, I should be going to get massages or I should be, you know, getting facial. That was the number two challenge, but I made a good name for myself. I talked about massage all day. Every, I still talk about it now. Um, so I talked about it every day, all day. So it's just a matter of getting people to uh, book, get in, see the value, book. Y'all got to understand too, if anybody's listening, you go to a spa, we need you to come back. You can't just come on your birthday or Mother's Day. Like, this is what we do for a living. We have to have clients every day. Um, so just a matter of reprogramming people so they can get, like, on a monthly membership and come back every month because that is how we're able to keep our doors open. And you know what? You just brought up a good point that I just thought about, too. How have, how have you been doing during the pandemic? I didn't even think um, to start with that off the top. So it was horrible uh, because... You know, we all went to school to learn a service. You know, nobody talks about the other part of business. And so the spa community, um, a lot of people still haven't recovered from the pandemic. Um, luckily, you know, I'm the six-figure spa chick, so I was able to keep my building and, you know, don't lose my building. I was able to still make money during the pandemic because I had digital classes. Um, I was in a network marketing company, TLC. So I had those products that was perfect, like the vitamins. It was just a perfect place to be during the pandemic for me to be at the, in that company at that time. Um, and so a lot of us signed up for TLC. I, I want to say I probably had over 300 spa professionals sign up for TLC Network Marketing during the pandemic. And that's how so many of us made money while our spas were closed down because people wanted those vitamins. They wanted uh, and everybody was gaining weight while they was in the house. So the tea, the detox tea was perfect. <laughs> so we made we made a lot of money during uh, retail during the pandemic. Yeah, that's a good idea. Like I was wondering how, you know, all the spas and just all that kind of stuff is health and like anytime where you have to be, you know, physically in the same room as somebody, how are you getting through that in a pandemic? And I hope people like listening now are taking notes, you know, because you never know, like make sure you, you know, have their online platform, you know, reach out, don't try to isolate yourself, reach out to other business owners. Well, that's why I'm teaching everybody. Uh, if anybody listens and you have a service-based business, I'm teaching everybody to have your, uh, Physical products or digital drop shipping, I have all of them. Um, because we don't, we don't, we think we control something. You know, and we say we entrepreneurs, we think we're doing something, and the government runs us. We don't run ourselves. So I just want everybody to to be prepared if something like that ever comes again. Um, and not only that, people, you know, was getting COVID, or people in their household was getting COVID. So people still couldn't go to work. And so that's why I want everybody to have their retail side of their business and run that the same way they run the service side so it can be a standalone business by yourself. And look, we're going to get back to class and everything because I know like you can't see my little notepad down here, but everybody <laughs> need to be taking notes and, and picking up stuff. Um, but talking about being a six-figure uh, spa chick, like a multi-million dollar empire here, enterprise here on Groupon. How you even start that? Like how you even come up with the idea? Like everybody uses Groupon to get deals, but you don't think about using it that way. Um, and, and I'm so glad you asked me that too. I, you know, now that this has been, you know, coming up so much about the Groupon, I never knew I was this creative genius. I was just trying to survive. And so I was just trying to outthink so I could be at the top. Like that's just what it was. And it led me, you know, with this seven figure company. Um, so when I got on Groupon, I just was like, I got to put something different from somebody. I had, I didn't even have mm. coaches and things yet at that time, but I was like, I got to have some different that's not on there. And because I, you know, automatically went in it that way, that's how I was able uh, to make, you know, that over 300,000 and then turn that 300,000 
into the seven figure business that I have now. Man, that is amazing to me. When I'm telling you, I'm just on group high looking at like deals and stuff like that. And you don't think about like, I guess, I don't know. I guess when your mind, when you get in a certain box and you're trying to figure something out, it'll just start spinning for you. But yeah, that's amazing. And a lot of people despise Groupon um, because they do take such of a big cut. Um, and so if anybody is listening, I want y'all to know that marketing is not cheap. So Groupon mm-hmm. is marketing for you. You got to understand it's nothing but a marketing tool and you make your money on the back end. So I just want to make sure that it's clear for everybody um, who might be turning their nose up right now. It is a it is a method to being successful on Groupon. And so I want to make sure everybody know that that you could be successful on there, but you just have to know the method to, to make sure it works for you. Yeah, say that again. It's a method. Like people think it's just going to come and it's going to happen. Yeah, it's definitely a method. It's, it's you like gotta, you got to have that. Um, you got to have a, the plan for when they get to, to you. That, that's going to be part of your method and that's how you make the money. But Groupon is like amazing for, for marketing. Yeah, that's look. And I know you got some more marketing tips now. See, I tell y'all they taking notes right now on this. Um, let's talk about your workbook, the um, the uh, Six Figure Spot Chick workbook. Um, y'all can get it on Amazon. I was keeping it out, looking at it out earlier. Um, well, tell don't us about buy it on- up. And then also give us like the detail. Nobody on Amazon? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Did you see the, did you see the price? I did. I wasn't going to bring that up because I thought maybe it's something else included in it. But go ahead. I'll let you like, it's your business. It's your world. Go ahead. Do, do your thing. Do your thing. Do your thing. Um, and so there's more free game for those of you who are on here and you want to have, you know, workbooks and books. Amazon is one of the cheapest printing options. Um, so we use Amazon for, for printing because we get the best offer with them. And uh, if you go to another company, they have an MOQ, minimum order requirement. And so Amazon doesn't. You can go on there and order one book, two books, and you can order them as needed. Um, so that's why we use Amazon. And so that particular workbook is very expensive because we don't want we don't want people to buy it off Amazon, um, but it does come with a VIP day. So uh, when people come book me for a VIP day, uh, that is my seven figure framework. That's the workbook that they get. And then we complete that entire workbook during their VIP day. So in my oh, VIP day, my VIP day is $3,000. So that the workbook comes with it. It's included. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, don't listen, don't listen to me, y'all. Don't go to, don't go to Amazon. Go do the VIP thing. Go do the VIP <laughs> So what else? Tell us about, tell us some more about the classes and kind of what you got coming up. I know you got a, um, is it an expo coming up? Oh yeah. Um, and so if we're talking about marketing, um, I took a class and it's called 360 Your Business. So Mm -hmm. for instance, you're on here, you're doing interviews, you know, you got your podcast, your blog, if you 360, and that's for anybody who's on here listening, we talk, we just talk about marketing and selling your business, 360, if you're doing something, teach somebody else to do it. If you're sending somebody to go buy their products from somewhere else, you can have a product, you know, in-house. So we try to 360 everything. So I created the only Black Spot Expo in the world. This is year number three. I'm super excited. It's a wealth building um, weekend. We do talk about, you know, massage and facials and we do skills at trainings. But we show people how to actually build the business so it can last for a long time and how to remove their self from the business. And so those of you who don't know me, I have an 18 with a trucking company. I'm a super host on Airbnb. Um, I'm a best-selling author on Amazon. So I do quite a few different things. And all those things allow me to make the money I make. And I don't have to be present 99% of the time to make that money. So we talk about that as well of doing the Spot Expo. But the workbook dope. Uh, I base, It's basically like an outline showing people all the things I did to build 
my business. And so we seal it all in for them. Like people should have. So those of you who don't know, Kim Kardashian, your mom said one of her marketing strategies for Kim, Kim had to be on the cover of a magazine every month. This going to keep her in rotation. Wow, I did not know keep, that. This going to keep, you know, people talking about Kim because she on the cover every month. Kim had exactly. to be on the cover. And so as entrepreneurs, small business owners, everybody think, oh, I'm going to go post on Instagram. And they don't think past just posting on Instagram. And so I teach everybody a marketing strategy. You need to be an interview like this, a blog, a magazine, a podcast, somewhere you need to be having this done every single month. So you can get a new, you come to get a new audience, you come to get new leads, you come to meeting new people. And that's another way to keep your cash flow going. Yeah, that's a man. Look, I'm just like, y'all, they gonna love this this right now. Cause you just giving us like all the tips, all the entrepreneurs is out there that's trying to wait. Cause like you said, it is that period right now where you know the pandemic is still looming. We don't know what's going down. And people need to find these other strategies. You gotta use social media. It's out there, it's not going anywhere. You gotta use social media, you gotta use those connections. And and, and just free game for you guys, um, marketing. You need to be finding podcasts like this, blogs, articles, um, people who got you know, your target audience, y'all can do a live together with this Facebook, Instagram. Like if, if I teach my VIPs once a week, you need to be on somebody else's platform. Mm, That's how yeah. people, cause you know, cause you know, people always say, how do I build up my followers? Like people ask me that all the time. Also people are listening today, Instagram. Um, I'm sure everybody didn't see it, but if you really on your Instagram a lot, like I'm on my Instagram a lot and I got badges, Instagram is taking away the swipe up feature in the IG story. What? And, and I didn't now know that. Gonna, yep. And now they're going to have stickers. So like normally if I do a swipe up or I do a promo for somebody, I'm going to be able to put a sticker right there. And, and so now more people will be able to, uh, the used to be, you know, you used to have to have 2,000, mm -hmm. 10,000 followers. Now you don't need 10,000 followers anymore. So now people can go right to the IG stories. And be able to click and go directly from your website, and you don't need the ten thousand followers anymore. Wow, that is amazing! The stuff you find, you just start clicking around and just like dig, like dig more people, when, and get some more details. Yeah, when you are creative, soon you log in and Instagram, all the new stuff is gonna be right there. Wow, yeah, I did not even know. look. See, we need to do IG live to keep this keep this going, so you can continue to give tips and everything like that. So we gotta yes. we gotta table that. We gotta remember that for the future. No, we can <laughs> set it up. We can set it up for sure. Anytime, just let me know. Yeah, because that'd be cool. Like, because I just think it's dope. Like, and if you got any little last things as we end here, I just think it's so dope to have, like, you know, first of all, black women, other black women seeing it if they're nervous to get out and start doing something. But then just in general, entrepreneurs, because sometimes they don't know where to start. They got that idea and they like, well, where do I go? Where do I look? You know? And that's a good point. This this, this my last tip then. So uh, I meet a lot of people too who say, hey, I'm scared to go live or I'm scared to get in front of the camera. So you guys can have a face of the brand. Somebody else can get in the camera for you. Also, uh, I'm not a big fan of Fiverr, just to let everybody know. But if anybody <laughs> is listening and you're scared to go live and you're scared to talk, you can go to Fiverr and they do like voiceovers and they'll make you like a whole commercial talking about your business. It'll be another voice, somebody else picture. They'll make you, they can make you a whole carousel. They will do all that for you. Now you can have, you can still have IGTVs, IG stories. You can still press the live button and in the back, the video is playing mm -hmm. on your behalf. So uh, everybody can use those voiceovers and it's on Fiverr and they will make you all those little mini commercials and things where you're, they can make them like cartoons or like animated people. 
And so you never have to show your face if you're not ready to do that or if you don't want to be the face of your brand. But that way you're still getting information and content out based around your brand. And it's cheap too, by the way. Yeah, I love like that's a that's a cool thing about social media. People don't take advantage of most of that stuff is free or cheap. Like if you find the right connection and like you said, press the right button. We ain't swiping anymore, but, you know, putting badges and everything on like that'll get you there mm-hmm. quick. Yeah. Yeah. So that and um, I want to give one more tip too. it's a book. Everybody it's called Work Less, Make More by James. Um, I think that's a dope book you guys can get especially if you want to work less and make more. And it's also good if you're not a creative. He got this three-step formula in the book to help you like be more creative and plan out your content, plan out your verbiage. When you guys are trying to do any type of marketing and you're not getting the sales you want, it could just simply be your verbiage. Or, of course, it could just be the content. Or you could right. just be in front of the wrong person. Um, so go get that book, too. It's called Work Less, Make More. It's a blue and white book. And, and it's super dope. And I recommend it to everybody. Oh, and also I'm gonna add one last thing here um, for the, um, you know, for all the black businesses, anybody like how can we go out and support, um, you know, some of the spas, you know, that you are helping to, you know, mentor and a lot of these, these women out here are just, you know, maybe there's some men out there in the spa business. Yeah, so we definitely have men as well. Um, we have our very own hashtag is trademark and registered. The hashtag is spa, S-P-A boss, B-O-S-S tribe. T-R-I-B-E. If you go into that hashtag, whether you're on Instagram or Facebook, um, we got over 30,000 members in the tribe. So you can go to the hashtag. It's 30,000 plus posts. Um, and you can find different people around the country. If anybody listens to this and you are in spot or beauty, I would love for you to come to my expo. It's virtual. It's only $39. Um, right. You get immediate access to a business credit workbook. Um, we got a resource guide in there. We have a marketing community just for spa and beauty professionals with over 60 plus videos. So your $39 give you immediate access to all of that, plus the actual event that we're going to have with all of the speakers from 9 to 9 on September 17th. So I'm super excited and we're over delivering um, for a $39 ticket. Oh, that's dope. And where can they, where can they go again to sign up? Um, the link is in my bio on Instagram, Six Figure Spa Chick, or you can go to the website at blackspaexpo.com to get the tickets as well. Look, y'all heard her. Y'all better sign up. Y'all see all the tips she gives. She got some more to give y'all. And I hope y'all was writing down stuff and continue to support, you know, because we got, we need all these entrepreneurs out here, especially black entrepreneurs, black business owners doing what they do. Uh, Candace, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.